Welcome to the Agents of Game podcast. Uh, thank you for joining me. My name is Dave, and with me are Dan and Matt. Unfortunately, Sean couldn't be with us today, and sadly, we also still don't have a theme song. Uh, we will be jumping right into the agency update, uh, and one of the things that I've been hearing a little bit more about this week is Jessica Jones. Yeah, is... I haven't heard anything about it, so... <laughs> Dude, I... I love Daredevil. I'm pretty excited for their other series. You know, and what Matt just said, I think, might be one of the big problems with it is because most people don't really know who Jessica Jones is to start off with, and they haven't been putting a lot of publicity into this one quite yet. Quite yet, yeah. But that's also a good thing. I would actually rather them, if they're going to have to be on a smaller budget and smaller scale with a TV show, I'd rather them do characters that people aren't familiar with because the ones that are familiar are going to be made with movies. So I actually or think that's a good people idea. people will be disappointed if they're not movie quality, even if it's yeah. just a TV show. Yeah. Well, the nice thing about a slow lead-up, too, is, you know, as opposed to uh, Age of Ultron, which just had so much press behind it, and if you watched all the trailers, you felt like you had seen half the movies. You know, yeah. At least with a slow lead-up, they're leaving something to the imagination. Yep. Like, I didn't know she had super strength. I actually don't even know the character. So when she crushed the alarm in the first teaser, I was like, oh, sweet, she has superpowers. And then I guess she has something else going on. I don't know what it is, but... Um. Well, I, I'm i not sure what they're starting off with. Um, based on what they've already released, I don't think I'm going to be spoiling anything. Uh, but basically... She's kind of like a Captain Marvel a little bit. I don't think she could fly, but she has superhuman strength. Um, but she tried the superhero bit, and it just didn't work out for her. Yeah. And so she kind of is going back into a regular life. And it sounded like um, in the David Tennant intro that they started off with, that they were addressing that as it were. It sounded like he was, if I remember correctly, he was saying something along the lines of... Um, that she was a failed superhero at that point. Yeah. That is an interesting starting point, honestly. You don't see a lot of people having tried to be a superhero and failing at it. <laughs> well, And that's why, in a lot of ways, this one is really appealing to me, because it's just so different from a lot of what's out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, The Tick might be a bad example, but in some ways it kind of makes me think of The Tick because it's just almost... I'm not saying it's going for the comedy the way The Tick was, but it's just that off the beaten path. Yeah. I still have fond memories of The Tick. Spoon! (laughs) I think I watched like three episodes of that, and then that's when it got taken off, so I never really got to see too much of it. I'm sure it's around to watch somewhere. I think it, I want to say it was on Netflix or Amazon for a while. I don't think it is anymore. I never saw it on Netflix, or I probably would have checked it out. Um, but I'm really interested to see uh, where David Tennant goes with this, because except for Harry Potter, I don't think I've seen him play a bad guy. But uh, I'm sure there are, will be many fans of Doctor Who He'll be joining the show, and uh, his character exercises mind control. And again, I'm not sure where this is going with the comics, but in the comics, basically, he bent her to his will um, and ended up making her eventually start 
being an unwilling bad guy. Mm. And it looks like that's what they're trying to do. His character's trying to do in the int- uh, his intro, yeah. which looked pretty sweet. Well, and then the possibility of what they're building up to with the team that she becomes a part of, because uh, Netflix is doing uh, all the shows that they've announced so far are all part of that team. So it could be leading up to a team-up show or all the series interconnecting or something eventually, too. So That could be good. Yeah. And CW is showing how to do that. They've been doing excellent with all that. Yeah, CW has been doing well. CBS, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> Next week, I'll, I'll see for myself. Well, you well, mentioned... Um... Age of Ultron, I actually just bought the uh, movie last week, and uh, we finally watched the uh, we watched it, and it has a preview for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter, and I didn't even realize that Agent Carter had her own spinoff series. Yeah. That's how little I watch TV. <laughs> you, did you uh, watch it at all, the Agent Carter? No, I, I just found out that it existed. Oh, okay. And it looks kind of interesting, honestly. It is. I was not impressed with the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. preview, though. It it, looked like something I wouldn't like. It starts out slow, just like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. does grow on you. The second season will definitely pull you in. But I would say you could skip the first season, but you really can't. But um, uh, Agent Carter, though, is the same way. Like, the first two or three episodes is slower because they're setting everything up. But once it starts moving, because it is a shorter season... Once it starts moving, it it really they do a really good job. Well, and she seems interesting to me because uh, she doesn't have superpowers. She's still just a regular, yep, uh, regular person. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I didn't like about the uh, Agents of Shield preview is it seemed like everybody and their dog had superpowers, which. It kind of is more like reminiscent of Heroes or something like that. Doesn't it? Doesn't start that way. Did you watch the preview for which season? No, it was just the preview that came with the uh, the Blu-ray of Oh, okay. Age of Ultron, which was probably the uh, preview for season three, given that Age of Ultron came out within the timeline um, at the very end of season two of Agents of Shield. Okay, that is probably the preview for season. Yeah, because it starts out where they start it, where it's just a group of non-powered people fighting against powered people, and how they have to get creative to do that. But it last season, especially, yeah, it definitely builds up to more, more and more powers. But but there's reasoning behind it, and it's pretty cool. <laughs> um, did you get the version that has the director's cut? Of Age of Ultron, I didn't yes. see the director's cut. I just got it at you know Sam's Club. So they had the DVD, the Blu-ray, and then they had like the um, the Blu-ray 3D Blu-ray. But I didn't. I don't have a 3D TV, so I didn't spend the extra five dollars. Yeah, because I I don't know which which versions it comes on, but apparently there's some extra deleted scenes which are supposed to be pretty good. Um, this one not did sure have just deleted regular... scenes, but I didn't get a chance to watch them yet. So I don't know what, what they're about. Well, you will have to watch those and report back. 
I will. I will say, though, that I actually enjoyed watching it the second time more than I liked it watching it the first time. I can't quite put my finger on why. Maybe because I I knew what I was getting myself into and I didn't have, you know, like, such high hopes, maybe. <laughs> I know mm-hmm. that sounds bad. But, um... Or maybe just because I knew the the plot, I could see better why they made certain decisions early on or something like that. I don't yeah. know. Okay, and apparently there is no director's cut. There's just some uh, alternate endings and deleted scenes or something like that um, that are potentially with the regular version. Well, last time I was talking a little bit about uh, Star Wars Aftermath, which uh, was fairly disappointing, and apparently a lot of people felt the same way. That was pretty disappointing, but uh, uh, one of the other path to... Uh, episode 7 um, thinks is Lost Stars and apparently Lost Stars is supposed to be much much better uh, so I just picked that up off of Audible yesterday um, and I'll be trying to get through that as quick as I can and tomorrow I'm going to try to go to my local comic book store and pick up the first uh, episode of the Fallen Empire comic series um, I think that's supposed to be like a 4 or 5 part comic series so Hopefully those will be better than Star Wars Aftermath, but uh, I will let you know as soon as I find out. And Dan, you have been playing some Star Wars Battlefront. Yes, the beta launched uh, Thursday afternoon, and um been playing it quite a bit. Uh, love the game. The atmosphere is amazing, the graphics are amazing, um, the... The mechanics are done really well, like the controls. Uh, Battlefield is one of my favorite controlling games, and Battlefront is better, like the way how smooth it is for a first-person shooter. Um, I'm not really digging the third-person aiming and fighting. Uh, It gives you a better, you know, view of the battlefield and being able to see around corners and stuff, but um, but it's not the same as first-person. So I haven't been using that too much. Aim or. Yeah, it just seems like it's harder to aim, and the zoom in isn't as far. At least it doesn't feel like it's as far. So when you zoom in, so it, I just it's probably just a preference thing. But because um, I do most of my stuff, if it is first person, I always like GTA or um, ESO yeah. stuff like that. But um, but, well, and they did say they wanted each each perspective to have its advantages. Um, yeah, you're going to be switching back and forth. So you probably are right that. Uh, about the field of view being, I mean, the zoom in being less dramatic and some of that other stuff because they want to have an advantage for a first person mode. Yeah. And, and I do find myself when I'm running to a fight, I'm in third person. When I get there, I switch to first person. So, uh, I do like that. I do have that ability to do that. Um, the thing that's killing the game for me and almost every single person that's played it, uh, with me is they have a, an arc, I don't know what they're thinking for their squad system. It's so dumb. But uh, first of all, it's not working right right now, so you can't even group up. I've only been able to group up with a couple people anyway. But then when we do go into a room, um, sometimes we don't even end up on the same team. And But uh, wow. they by design, I guess, they made it so that you can only have a maximum of two-player squads. Um, so you squad up, they call it partner in the game. And then they have a uh, party up to eight players, but there's no guarantee that those eight people will be on your team if you do go into a match. And so you end up playing against your friends, or if you're with your friends, you can only keep track of your partner because they're marked on the the map in, in yellow. 
and uh, their name above their head in the HUD is yellow. So you can keep track of them, but your friends, your other friends, there's no way of knowing where they're at, what they're doing, and um, oh, it's just frustrating. If you're on different teams, obviously communication goes wild if you're all in a party with eight people. So, <laughs> yeah, so they're designed to exactly be... talk strategy. Yeah, exactly. And so it just, oh, it just kills it. Like, I mean, it is fun, and I've been playing, I'll go in and play by myself, but I can only stand to play by myself like one or two rounds. I'm like, oh, I'll go do something else. So as far as it being something like Battlefield where I can just spend hours playing it with my friends, it just, it, unless they fix that, it's just not going to happen like I was hoping. Um, like I was really hoping Battlefront was going to become my new go-to multiplayer game, but if they don't fix it, I don't see that happening. I see Rainbow taking that spot. But um, Well, and is, when we were talking the other day, I was saying that uh, my guess, before they confirmed it, my guess was that, yeah, you know, if you've played a lot of PvP games where people can group up, um, you know, if you're by yourself and you're against groups that are an actual group and communicating and coordinating, you're going to get face rolled. But at the same time, I'd rather get face rolled and be able to play with my friends when my friends are online than have a game designed for casual players and never be able to play with my friends. When I want to play with my friends, I want to play with my friends. And and you would think it'd be easy for them to create a server setting where, okay, these servers are the casual servers or the open servers, so you can only do two friends per squad, blah, blah. Have that be a setting for the server. These servers are for full-on eight-player squads. Go in, and you can be a quarter of a team. You know, like, I, I just think giving us options is better than restricting us and making the game. They're hurting themselves by doing what they're doing. And especially when they had a history of trying to do the same thing in Battlefield 3, and it took them six months to fix it, but people hated that in Battlefield 3, and the community was very vocal about it bef- until they fixed it, and then it it became a better experience because it used to, I mean, we'd get together to try to do battlefield nights and we'd finally get in the same room, but then we'd be on opposite teams and then we'd have to squad invite while we were in the room. And then the next, the next round when the map would load, it would move people onto your team if you had enough spaces. So after an hour of playing against your friends, finally you were together, but then people would start dropping. So then, then it would, then you'd have to regroup and try to get back together. Or the, oh, it's just so frustrating. So I don't know why they thought the experience in battlefield three um, from what they had with that, why people would be okay with this. It's just weird. And and that's what I was going to bring up about Metal Gear Online launch this week, too. And they have the same problem. They have a party system where you can get up to eight friends in a party for Metal Gear Online. But then once you go into a room, you're not guaranteed to play together. It just drops you in a room, and you're lucky to be with your friends. That's awesome. Yeah, it's just really annoying. And that game is great, too. They have a lot of cool things they're doing with it. And um, I just got to say, the customization in there is insane for multiplayer. Actually, I don't know if I've ever seen multiplayer other than GTA have as much customizability as this game. But uh, but it's the same thing. Like, I was playing with a group tonight. There is uh, four of us playing together. And we would very rarely... Actually, we never all got on the same team once. It's usually three and one or two and two. And it was just frustrating. So I don't know why developers think that multiplayer games, especially when they're squad or team-based or um, objective-oriented, are going to this philosophy of not letting friends play together because that that kills. Like for me personally, I only play multiplayer when I'm with my friends. That's I don't play multiplayer by myself anymore. And so for me, a game will just it will die really fast if I can't play with my friends. Um, well, and it's not a part of it. I think is playing with your friends, but part of it is 
the types of battles they're showing off in Battlefront are supposed to be epic battles. Mm-hmm. And when they cut you off from the rest of your team like that, when there's no good way of communicating, when you can't see the where your other team is, it, it takes an epic battle and cuts you completely out of the atmosphere of it. Yeah. Well, th- think about that. You have 20 teams of two running around without, sometimes without communication with each other because you don't have, you don't know that person or whatever. They have 20 teams of two running around where maybe two teams are in communication. So that alone would, you know, affect the the flow of battle and the epic scale that you're going to see. Yeah, so I well, really, really hope they fix that before it comes out. Yeah. I'm actually kind of... I just sh- wanted to add here, um, you mentioned that a game where you can't play with friends ruins the game experience for you and i used to play uh, a lot of mobas league of legends i played for a long time and i started playing the blizzard version heroes of the storm that's exactly the problem i didn't have any of my friends to play with and so i just ended up getting into random pugs Mm -hmm. and it's just really frustrating because you don't know any of the people you don't know if they're going to make good moves or you know, yep. they think that one yeah. strategy is the right way, and you think it's the other, and you both do your own thing, and you end up losing. And it's un- it's not fun. So, yep, yeah, it just it just shouldn't happen. When when you have especially objective based multiplayer in any type of, of multiplayer game, it just yeah, it's essential to have have a team that you work with. Play and with. in fact, I'm trying to look up. Um, there were some changes recently to their ranked system where they used to let you queue up um, up to teams of five because that was the team cap, of course. But they recently changed it so you can only sign up as a five-player team and those five-player teams fight each other or you can sign up as one or two people. So I agree with you. I think that that would be a better option for Battlefront to go with, have a separate setting for full teams and then everybody else can go with the two-man squads. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of bummed that I already pre-ordered it on the Xbox Marketplace, because had I not already pre-ordered it, I would wait until I got word that they were making these changes. But everything else is great. It's like Destiny. I love Destiny's mechanics, the way the shooting felt, the way... The world was built, the way it looked, um, all that stuff, but I hated the way that you played it with the grindy mentality behind the design, the mission design and stuff, how weak sauce a lot of stuff was. So, yeah, I just, I love the mechanics of, of it. I just, multiplayer only, and their, their co-op mode is very basic, <laughs> a very basic horde mode. And in the beta, you can only go to six waves, it goes up to 15 in the full game. So it might get crazier, but it's still um, it's still not the co-op I was expecting. Like in Battlefield Three, they made I think it was like ten um, ten uh, co-op missions that were just kind of standalone co-op missions, and they each were just objective-based. You had one mission where you were getting a VIP out of a hotel, and then you had to get him to an extraction zone. The other mission was two Apaches working together to clear a village of insurgents, and then you had a sniper mission where you're sniping um, the whole time and you had to be stealthy and stuff like that. So, I mean, they had a whole bunch of really cool missions. So I was hoping, dude, Star Wars, they could do some really cool set-piece missions like that with only two people. And 
So I had all these visions of cool stuff they could do, and nope, just horde mode. <laughs> so that's partly on me because I was anticipating something completely different. But horde mode. and there are several modes that they don't have any single player or you know co-op missions. That doesn't make any sense because the other versions add them. Yeah, there's a lot that they're well. There's no campaign, but there are some different co-op modes that are are currently locked until the full game releases. I think. So hopefully some yeah. of those will be better, but I haven't looked too much into what those entail. Yeah, the one the one co-op mode, I can't remember what the other one was, but the one was uh, 1v1. You would just fight your, your buddy. Um, and then I can't remember what the other one was. I was but just going to say, 1v1 doesn't get old real quick after you figure out which one <laughs> of you is better. Yeah. yeah. Well, with bots in there, it does change the strategy a little bit. But it's still basically, yeah, whoever's better is going to have the upper hand every yeah, time. Yeah, whoever's got the better headshot mechanics, you know. There'll be, I don't know if headshots are a thing in that game, but that's usually what it boils are. down to. <laughs> yeah, I just, I wonder if they kind of, they had to make the game the way they did because they just found out they got the license a year and a half ago or whatever it was. But, uh, But I feel like... They're just kind of hitting the hitting the bullet points, and then that's about it, you know. So I'm re- I still really like it, but I just think that it it's Star Wars is the first Battlefront in how long? Like 2005, right? So ten, 10 years. years. Yeah, so it's been ten years since the last one. You'd think they'd want to intro it with something epic, and I feel like they're just kind of putting it out there to say that they have it, you know. Did it. Well, and the other interesting thing about this, too, is um, eSports is huge in the video game world. And, you know, even people outside of the video game world are starting to take a notice of it. Mm. If you can't form a cohesive team, then how are they going to do eSports? Is that yeah. something they're not going to try and break into? Which seems like a waste to me, but I don't know. Yeah, and with Halo coming... Right around the corner. Actually, it comes out right before Battlefront with Halo being out. Um, I don't think Sony is getting anything multiplayer oriented this fall, but uh, other than Battlefront. But uh, yeah, I just I think Halo will definitely steal the multiplayer spotlight there. Well, there's Call of Duty as well. Yeah, that's true. Call of Duty is yeah. I always forget about that because I don't get them anymore, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've seen one Call of Duty, you've seen them all, pretty much. Yeah, but that is true. It I is know, very popular on the sports scene, too. Or people watching, at least. I will but, admit, I have not watched any of the Battlefront streams. Um, I've seen them on Twitch, and they're usually pretty high up on the popularity chart. But I um, And I love Star Wars, but I just haven't watched any of the streams yet. So. That's... That's the thing, I think. If it didn't say Star Wars on there and it just was called something else like Fight in the Snow, it's awesome, um, then I think people would not have near the hype or near the interest in the game once they played the beta. They'd play the beta and be like, ah, it's just something else. But because it's Star Wars, has that universe there, um, and you can play as Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker, which is pretty pimp. I got in a duel with Luke Skywalker the other day when I was playing as Darth Vader, and we both slashed each other to kill ourselves at the same time. So he killed me and I killed him with the final slash. It's pretty sweet. But, that, um, that does sound cool. But that kind of stuff is what's drawing people. I think if it wasn't Star Wars, though, people would would uh, definitely, that interest just wouldn't be there. It wouldn't be a game that would hold up its own without Star Wars, which 
I think when they design the game, that's where they should design it from. Like, okay, will this game be a good game without, you know, without Star Wars? Could this game hold on its own? I don't think right now the answer could be yes. Oh, I agree but. with you 100% there. That's absolutely where they should have started. You are correct. It's kind of sad that they didn't. Yeah. But if you can try the bad, I'd highly recommend it. Because there, there are people out there that are loving it. and So, I mean, it could just be a... Because my own personal, um, you know, bias with wanting to play with friends, that could be totally jading my experience more. But it is an issue, though. It's all over the place on their forums. So, so hopefully they see it and fix it. Hopefully. But until they do, I mean, uh, I can't take away my pre-order now, so that kind of sucks. But until they fix it, I'll be playing Halo and Rainbow. Um that's going to be my go-to games this fall. So, as far as multiplayer goes. Yeah, I've been playing a little bit of uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2, not nearly as much as you have, but um, I think the other big thing that I've been playing lately is uh, you guys finally got me into ESO on the Xbox. Yay! And sadly, I was way too late to transfer my characters from PC, but... uh, I think you're only level 17, though, so not too bad. I think I'm... Well, I was... I'm level 20 on the character I'm at right now, and I was further on PC, and I had had my Ring of Mara, where I had... Uh, should have been getting bonus XP. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure exactly where I was at, but anyway... Um, yeah, it would have been nice to transfer that, but uh, I've been having some fun with that. Um, it's still... I keep trying to have to think of it as more of an adventure game, mm-hmm. um, just because it it doesn't feel like I would expect an MMO to feel. Right. But uh, trying to grind through so I could catch up to you guys and play some of the end game content. Yes. <laughs> I have to laugh because uh, I, I feel so bad for you guys. Smalls was talking to me the other day. He's like, "Yeah, I was supposed to do some veteran dungeons with those guys, and uh, I didn't." <laughs> yeah, when <laughs> it comes to veteran story, dungeons, why didn't he? Or... Well, he he uh, I can't remember why. I think he had to go to bed or something. Oh man, that sucks. But um, but the next day we ended up doing our first veteran dungeon, but he couldn't make it. It was the middle of this last Sunday, so we got some people from our new guild um, with Deltia's Gaming. Which those of you from Nebraska, he's homegrown here and he does a lot of uh video guides and and build guides for ESO if anybody who is listening is into ESO but um anyway uh so we got some we're in that guild and so we got some people from there to do it and it was it was pretty crazy um it was pretty fun though i i really can't wait till we have a group of four friends that I actually know going through and doing the end game content cuz it's going to be a blast and then they announced Orsinium this week which is a whole new area for the orc home home uh homeland and so i almost said home planet um for the <laughs> homeland and uh so and it looks pretty sweet and then we still haven't even done craglorn which is a veteran 11 is 11 11 levels past the max level um so we haven't done that yet because we haven't got that high up but but eso definitely has the content to support playing with friends it's we should definitely try to get uh, him either just you have an interview with him or get him on the podcast or something. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, he definitely sounds interesting. Have somebody that actually knows what they're doing on the podcast. 
But yeah, so that's basically what I've been playing right now. It's just a little bit of ESO, a little Star Wars Battlefront, and then trying to take care of a crap in real life, which is much less fun. Yeah, for real life. <laughs> um, oh, okay, so uh, let me see. Unfortunately, I have not been playing new or exciting games. Um, mostly this week, I have just been playing Minecraft. I did conquer my first ocean monument, though, so I was pretty excited about that. Very nice. Um, tried to mine as much of that prismarine as I could because it's a very unique stone. And the sea lanterns, I have to say, my favorite source for light in the whole game. Way better than glowstone. They make torches look like garbage. They are excellent. <laughs> what are they called? Just a sea lantern. It's, oh, okay. a, it's a white block, and there's actually like a little ripple effect that goes through it, emanating from the center out in a circle. It's it's really cool. So nice. Um, you need to get some videos of that going. Some videos of the of either uh, you playing on Twitch or, or oh, okay. YouTube of stuff you're doing. Yeah, I know. I need to get into videos <laughs> for us lowly people who don't have Minecraft on PC yet. Well, I I would recommend buying it on PC compared to the uh, Xbox 360 edition. It is like Xbox 360 edition. The map is about the size of a chunk almost on the PC. Oh yeah, it's it's so much bigger. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else did I finally do? I finally found another fortress, so I'm finally starting the the blaze grind. And yeah, I have a nice village that I actually found in the same area as the nether fortress on the overworld, of course, you know, through the nether portal. Um, but that's nice to have a fully functional village that I don't have to build up myself. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, other than that, I've just been doing some hearthstone. I uh, did post my reactions to the latest expansion on the website. And so far I've been pretty disappointed with it. They released 132 new cards, and as far as I can tell, the only there's only one card that's actually been added into competitive decks that's actually made a difference. So, one card out of 132 seems like a bit of a failure to me. <laughs> just, just a little bit. There, you know, and I say that the uh, the competitive scene is where it failed uh, because the on the ladder, like if you just play the game on the ranked ladder, you will see a bunch of other decks, but you still go into the ladder. I mean, the, uh, the patron warrior that I talked about months and months ago in my uh, deck of the week, that is still the best deck in the game. The, the expansion did nothing to change that. Even on the ladder, you can go in there um, you level up so easily. It's it's just ridiculous. Something needs to be done. Either they need to nerf that particular deck, or they need to add in more cards that specifically target it. Because right now it's really limiting the design space of the game. I think. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I guess you guys don't play the game, so you don't <laughs> understand. Um, you need to play it more. But uh, but yeah, so I will uh, be doing my uh, listing 
either tomorrow or Sunday. I haven't decided when I'm going to have time. But I'm going to go through all of the classes right now and rank how I think they came out from the expansion. Um, Warrior, of course, is on the top, but that has nothing to do with the expansion because all of the cards that it runs were in the game before the, uh, the new set of cards was released. So, yeah. So that's that's pretty much what I've been doing right now. Right. <laughs> you know, I mentioned Elite Dangerous last week, uh, and some of the people uh, that we play with have been playing that, and um, apparently they're saying that the th- there's a free demo you can get uh, on Xbox One for that, and probably on other, probably on PC or wherever else you could play it. But uh, apparently the the demo is completely unrepresentative of the actual game, which makes me want to buy it. I think it's about $35 for the full game. Yeah. But uh, for an open universe, you know, space combat simulator that apparently plays pretty well, I'm kind of tempted to pick that one up. Yeah, it's it's uh, something I'm definitely interested in. Um, I still want to hear what No Man's Sky is going to do as far as the release schedule, because if that's coming to the one, I'll wait for that, because that just looks way more like my style, but I did try the demo, didn't like it, but if it is different, then I just, yeah, I just don't know yet, but there's other games that I'd definitely be playing that are coming out right now, so I wouldn't even touch it for a while anyway, but... Now, for No Man's Sky, are you saying if it comes out for the Xbox One, or um, when it comes out for the Xbox not One? Not if, or? but when, yeah, they just haven't announced the release schedule, because I'm guessing Sony has a... Uh, has something a deal there? But, yeah, uh, Sony paid through the nose to have timed exclusivity. Okay, but apparently that timed exclusivity is very, very short, mm. which is why it was announced as a PlayStation exclusive, but is also releasing on PC the exact same day or something like that. That doesn't yeah. sound very exclusive at all. Um, but uh, well, Sony- I don't know how long it's going to be before Xbox can have it, but I imagine it won't be very long before it gets out to the Xbox. Yeah, I would assume. I would assume within six months to a year after it launches on PS4 is what I would assume. But that game just looks on a whole other level, so <laughs> I'm just so excited for it. I'm not sure. I think Elite Dangerous has a pretty big universe too. Uh, yes, I, it does. Um, it's not necessarily infinite, but I think it's supposed to be like 400,000 solar systems or something like that. Something Holy that cow. we still can't explore like in our lifetimes or even our real-world lifetimes. Like uh, like No Man's Sky, it's so huge that everything will never be seen in that game. And if you were to discover everything, our sun would burn out before you were ever dis- able to discover those. So I mean, That's how large that universe is. Yeah. All interactive, destructible. I mean, it's just insane what they're doing with that game. Yeah, No Man's Sky is definitely going to be much bigger in terms of the scope of the universe, but in terms of what's actually actually doable in the game, I don't think you're going to see... I mean, no one's going to be able to do all of it. You can't do in that. Yeah, and I don't know, like, I don't know all of it yet um, that you can do. I know that they have a Minecraft-type system planned for the crafting, and I know that they have like a, a mining system built into there and you can dig into the ground and find minerals and all that stuff. I just don't know how it's going to work and what it means for you. And I know they're going to have pirates and raiders and stuff like that. So, so there's definitely stuff there. It's just they haven't talked a lot about stuff outside of the expiration factor. Um, yeah. Well, just as a, as a note on how big no man's sky is, 
there are 18 quintillion worlds in the game, 18 and a half. Now, basically, that's one, two, three, four, five, six commas. That's insane. And insane. So, yeah, that's... And yeah. All, of them, all of them can be named by players, and all the species that you discover can be named by the player. Um, if you haven't watched the No Man's Sky preview on The Tonight Show with... Um, is it called The Tonight Show? I think it's the with yeah, still um, tonight show with uh, Jimmy Fallon. No, the uh, the new one. He took uh, David Letterman's place. Oh, the can't think of his show. name right now. The yeah, late the late show. Stephen Stephen Colbert. Colbert. Yeah, dude. I don't know what is, but uh, yeah, Stephen Colbert. If you watch the No Man's Sky preview with Stephen Colbert, it is hilarious because they have Stephen Colbert. Uh, Doing the like he discovers stuff and it's like names it um, after you know like using his name within the the name of the species, but they have him have a tagline whenever he does it. And it's just goofy and funny. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Now, now what's what's kind of cool about Elite Dangerous as compared to um, No Man's Sky is that Elite Dangerous. Uh, well, let me go jump back. No Man's Sky is procedurally generated. Which mm-hmm. is part of what enabled them to do the universe as big as they did. But with No Man's Sky, it's actually supposed to be a realistic one-to-one scale of the Milky Way. Oh, okay. Um, that's wow. supposed to be fairly scientifically accurate. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be exact, but it's supposed to be. Yeah. Basically, well, like science our... doesn't exactly have it mapped out either. So <laughs> yes, this is true, and obviously it's futuristic because we're not really shooting around the the galaxy at light speed quite yet, but yeah. uh, or super light speed, which you'd probably have to do to be able to make the game work. But um, one thing I am interested, which will grab my attention for Elite Dangerous if it releases this feature before No Man's Sky comes out, is the multiplayer piloting ships. When they release that update, if no Man's Sky isn't out yet, or um, it didn't live up to the promise, or whatever. Then, and I don't already have Elite Dangerous. Then that's when I'll buy it because that'd be sweet to like get in a ship with four of us having our role in the ship, um, piloting. You know, having our our little section of you know, like in Star Trek, is what I'm imagining. That would have be your, very cool. Your captain's chair, your warp drive guy, your you know, like your weapon systems guy, all that running the yep. ships. Well, and I've wanted that ever since probably like 1995 or maybe yeah. older. I used to play PC games at one of my friends' house, um, and he had a lot of the old. His his dad would buy the old World War II flight simulators, like Secret Weapons of the Luftwaffe and Red Baron. Mm-hmm. Yep. As was you're flying a B twenty seven bomber and a B two bomber, and you basically have eight different. You have the pilot, but you also have like eight different gunner seats. That that would be so awesome to be able to have like half of these, at least half of these seats filled by real people, to have people in the fighter planes around you, yeah, to mm-hmm. be able to do all that. And now potentially we could actually start be getting some games like that between this and Star Citizen, yep, um, and maybe No Man's Sky. We don't know enough. I don't know enough about the co-op on that yet. Yeah, but, uh, I've been wanting stuff like this for yep. was that. 20 years now? Wow, I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that and is 20 years. Seriously, if you want a deep co-op experience, having systems like that that are, are complex and stuff like that will add to that experience being deeper, you know? So it's always... I, I think a lot of times developers hurt themselves by 
not giving the gaming community enough credit to be smart enough to play the game if they were to make it harder. So adding these systems to a game and making it so that you have you would have to fly the ship. If you want to fly the ship, you have to have six friends that can do their thing. You know, that's the only way you can have the ship. I think that that's awesome that they're doing that. Star Citizen is doing the same thing. They have ships that have up to. There's one ship they have that's huge, and then you have to have ten pilots all having their own role. <laughs> Holy cow! Wow. Yeah, and then they have a, and then they have like a uh, a back area of the ship where twenty friends can chill and hang out. Yeah, pretty crazy. <laughs> Star it Citizen, honestly, though, will never come to, to me like uh, raiding in MMOs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. kind of same setup. Well, the, the premise is basically the same, where each person has their own specialized role, and you're working together for a com- yeah. combined. Which I think more games really, personally, uh, if if there were more games that did that, like I would never play a single player again. Yeah, yep. yep. I know. I don't exactly know if, what you mean, Dave. I don't know if you guys have ever played the Arma. Uh, military simulator games. Uh, those games are very much like that in the co-op. Like you have your role. You even have a guy. There's only one guy in the squad that can call out orders for the other guys that are behind you, and um, everybody has their role. You have to you have to follow that role. And uh, weapon, even weapon systems wise, certain roles can only use certain weapons. And I mean, it's just a great co-op experience. Fairly hardcore, but it is. Yeah, it's just. Great, great experience when you have a team to work together in that game. But yeah, in space that would just be sweet. But the thing that I'm worried about, and Elite Dangerous, and this is what I was talking to the the guys who are playing it that we were just talking about, is I'm worried because if there isn't something to give me direction, like I'm I'm okay in in like you know GTA or other games exploring and you know making my own fun. But in a game that has very specific um, playability, like with Elite Dangerous, you can only fly in space. You can't get out of your ship and go planet walking. You can't go land on planets and go exploring. Um, so the only thing you have is your your space flight. So if I don't have missions and a purpose to do a lot of things, then uh, if they don't give us that, then what? there's a point where, okay, I earned a million dollars. Okay, that's cool. I... I went and mined these planets or delivered these packages, but I want something that's more has more depth if I'm going to be playing with my friends. So that's one of my worries about Elite Dangerous as well. But then Makes again, sense. but then again, the experience could be deep enough having that you know working together where I don't need that. But I don't know. I haven't done it yet, so but that is my worry for that game. Well, that's a danger that any kind of sandbox type game has i mean minecraft for example is basically one huge sandbox and they were smart to actually put in some of those you know the achievement tree or whatever so that you have some kind of an idea of what you're going to be working towards so you can still go and do whatever you want to but you still have an overarching goal there's there's an actual end to the game and if there is built like the thing with Minecraft that is great is you can build like if you can think it up and know how the game yeah, works you can build whatever you want where within uh, like Elite Dangerous you can't build your own ship you can't build you know your oh, own fortification yeah you can't build your own fortification on a planet or you know like stuff that would be really cool um, which I don't even know if No Man's Sky is going to have that type of crafting I know they're going to have crafting I just don't know what 
what scale it's going to be on. Yeah, that's a good uh, point. You're right. That would be really cool to build your own like fortified planet or something. Yeah, or even a space station. Imagine getting your resources together with your friends. You guys tag this place in space, and it's like, okay, this is you know the um, the Ritterific galaxy, and this is our space station. And then everybody nice. pools their minerals together and builds a space station right there in space. So you have your own space station. That that alone would be enough to keep people playing and coming back for more. Just stuff like that. I just I think that that's that's the kind of stuff that will keep people playing a game, not just having expiration. But yeah, building up the agents of Game Armada. Yes, yep, just <laughs> Game Armada. Yeah, I mean, I, I there just there is a lot of a lot of potential in in spaceflight games, and some of them are doing like Star Citizen is doing the planetary exploration as well as the space exploration, and I'm not sure what kind of crafting they're doing for that or not, and. Um, and if you can build your own ships, I doubt you can build your own ships on that one too, but they're just, yeah. So, I mean, I'm all for, I'm all for this advancement that we've been seeing in space, space sims. Well, you mentioned, I, I just had a kind of a quirky comment because you mentioned, you know, they're, uh, they're not doing planetary exploration, but they're focusing on space exploration. Well, what is the point of space exploration? If not to find new planets and and yeah. get them and explore them, you know. Yeah, well, well, the, so that the sort of like thing kind is of a... there's there are fleets above some of the planets, and you can potentially um, impact like um, interspace rivalries, like this faction and that faction. You can basically destabilize them and push one faction, which will um, change the market. The balance. Yeah, change the market. Change. Yeah loyalties and so there is stuff you could do above the planets that's relevant which i think that part's really cool but yeah going down to the planets would also be nice but because space is really just a whole lot of nothing yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah if they didn't have the the warp drive and stuff because i actually in the tutorial the part of the reason why i didn't really get excited for elite dangerous on the one was because in the tutorial they give you 45 minutes to play it um, play. You have the full game at your fingertips for 45 minutes. And so I was like, well, I'm going to hurry and do the tutorials because they make you do the tutorials first. And then I'm going to go into the free mode and just explore, you know, do whatever I want for the last five or ten minutes. Well, I got stuck in one of the tutorial missions because, one, it, it wasn't doing, like, the, tour, the tutorial would tell me to do something, and I would do it, but it wasn't working. And so I was mm. stuck, and the the sun was pulling me into the sun, or the sun's gravitational pull was pulling my ship closer to the sun. And so I was sitting there, and I was trying to activate different things. It wasn't working. And, like, so for about 30 minutes, I was just sitting there, like, trying to figure out what the heck was going on. And obviously, I wasn't close enough to the sun to hit the sun because um, I would take, if it's, you know, real-time distance, it would take way too long. But I was still, you know, close enough that I just couldn't do anything. It was just, it was miserable. That's kind of frustrating, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hold this button and this button, and you'll activate your warp drive. And so I was hitting it, and it would say, cannot activate warp drive. Must put away something or other. And so I was looking on my display panel and everything was like tucked into my ship so nothing was exposed so then i'd go back and try to activate warp drive and say you're blah blah blahs and i was you're just supposed like, Dude. to put away your beverage and slide in your cup holder dan <laughs> that's what i did wrong <laughs> was your seat back in the upright position yeah Come on. <laughs> yeah so i couldn't figure it out so it just it just was frustrating i was like what if that happens in the full game what if i'm like doing something and i'm just stuck you know like oh i just suck so, Sarah, your tray table is not in the upright and locked position. Yeah. <laughs> but it is cool. They make you do, like, 
when you take off for flight and stuff, they have you do a checklist, and then you have to do like the boot up sequence, and like it's it is very like sim sim like, and it is really immersive because of that. Uh, I just need more more to go on, and maybe if I got the full game and played with guys who have it, um, maybe I would see more potential in it. But right now, I'm just not going to do that. I just, there's way too many games. Out and then That's always the problem. There's too many games and not enough yeah. time. Yeah. But speaking of games coming out, though, I'm really excited. Uh, I am a fan of XCOM. Huge fan. The last one that came out two years ago, just holy crap, I love that game. I played it probably, probably three or four times on the first one, and then the second one came out, I played that one twice. And I love, like, naming my soldiers. I love customizing them. I have all my friends' names. And, and in the first one, not the expansion one, all my friends survived and stuff. But then in the second one, I had multiple people die because I made it way harder. But, but I like doing that. It makes it more fun. I'll send people, like, texts with a picture of their guy and be like, all right, your guy's starting, you know, here, and let's see how he does. And I'll tell him the story of when he dies and stuff. So it's kind of fun to do that. <laughs> but, um, uh, but there's a game coming out. This week, which I'm really excited for, it's a turn-based game, tactical, just like XCOM, but it's set in a post-apocalypse setting. It's from the original guys who made Fallout, the first two Fallout games, and it's a um, it's called Wasteland 2. It's been out on Steam, I think, for about a year now, um, almost a year. I think it came out. It was a Kickstarter game. It came out last fall, I believe, but uh, it hits the one this week. And it looks phenomenal, but it's a huge sandbox environment, open world, but from the top-down perspective, Diablo style. And then you can have a, a squad, it's all single player, but you have a squad of up to nine people, and you just pretty much uh, go out and quest and use your tactics, and yeah. And I love the first two Fallouts, too, the turn out, turn-based Fallouts. So I'm pretty excited. So if you're looking for a game this week to buy, Baseline 2. Very nice. <laughs> well, you know, the other game that's coming out this week uh, in three days is the Minecraft Story Mode. I know we were talking about this before yes. the uh, podcast. Um, have you guys seen any like demos or anything like that? All I've seen was the trailer. Um, I've seen a, f- a couple of different trailers. I haven't seen any actual demos, but... Uh, um. It's the the vo- the cast looks really good for it. The game looks really good. I'm sure I'm I'm absolutely sure I'm going to buy it. I'm just gonna wait until either all the episodes are out or at least most of them are out. Um, what was I gonna say? The my my only question is: it's based on the Minecraft world, but is it gonna be like? You know, how, how's the gameplay gonna be? Are you gonna be running around in first person? I know there's a lot of different voice actors. And from the trailer, it looked like the script was pretty funny and entertaining. But, you know, what exactly... That's what I want to know, is what the gameplay is going to be like. Um, I'm not sure if it's first or third person. Um, There is going to be some... They've talked about there is going to be some crafting in the game, but it's not going to be full-fledged, um, like... Obviously, like the regular version we can do in regular Minecraft. Um, I'm looking at their site now. As soon as I have something more, I'll let you know. But you guys can keep going. 
Well, I looked at their site when I was checking out their video, and it's pretty sparse on there. There's not a whole lot of information, unfortunately. <laughs> Which I can understand. I mean, they want to keep things a secret. They don't want to blow the whole uh, story before it even releases. But that's my only concern with the game, is I really enjoyed the play style of Minecraft, where you can you know, pick up your blocks and build your sword or build your house or however you want to do it. But how is that going to translate into a first-person or a third-person mode where you're limited by the story? It's it's funny because a lot of games, without the story, they wouldn't be any fun at all. Minecraft is kind of the other way around. <laughs> if you give it a story, that kind of takes away the fun and the exploration of it, so... Well, it looks like there's going they're going to stream a let's play of it. Um, they're claiming it's going to be the world's largest let's play. Well, they might have some truth to that so far. I mean, how many people play Minecraft and want to check it out? I know that in the trailer there was a joke where he's like, you know, give me a weapon or something and she's like gives him some stone and a stick and he's like build your own. So, <laughs> there's obviously going to be at least that much crafting, but I guess I just want to know how you're going to play through it. Is it going to be mission-based? You know, those are the kind of things that I want to know before I actually spend money on the game. So, I, I'm probably not going to buy it on release, I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah, one thing is, it's a, coming out a little bit further, but it looks like I just am getting into the Battleborn beta. Um, there is a fairly hefty non-disclosure agreement with that, but I'm going to see if there's some way that I can uh, work in some wiggle room since I will be trying to publicize it or see basically see what I can and can't say about it. Um, because obviously they want people building up stuff about the game, you know. Um but at least a lot, you know, to give people an idea what what's going on with the game. What uh, they gonna have the uh, co-op mode in the beta for that? I don't know. You'll have to refresh my memory, Dave. I know you've mentioned Battleborn to me before, but I can't remember exactly what it was. Was it the the it's, MOBA game where you build your own towers instead of just having them built for you? Uh, no, this is uh, made by the people who make Borderlands, and at first everyone thought it was just going to be like a, a a MOBA with a similar art style to what they've had for Borderlands, um, but there's a co-op mode, there's a campaign, um, I'll, post a, I'll post a video about it on the website to give you a little bit more idea of it, but uh, a lot of it is still fairly vague in terms of what it is. Um, if I don't know if you remember, if you probably didn't see it, but a few years ago, Gearbox announced um, Brothers in Arms... Um, what was it? Basically a cartoony Brothers in Arms game, and it got a really bad reaction because Brothers in Arms had been a serious... Uh, military game before and this was just kind of absurd and people were upset about that um furious four brothers in arms furious yeah. four and, and they ended up dropping the brothers in arms name and just had it called the furious four um but after a while basically the game morphed and became uh battleborn 
And so you have a lot of different characters with widely different abilities fighting against bad guys and stuff happens and oh, interesting. Um, yeah, they have uh, like uh, what is it like 50 something characters? Uh, like a, it's quite it's a like few. Like a huge yeah, it's a big amount and they're all like pretty different. I was watching some of their character videos. And uh they're all available for co-op. Yeah, I mean it's just it looks looks like it could be a pretty solid game. Yeah, and when they were first announcing it, they, it, a lot of people had the idea that it was just, again, like I said a moment ago, like it was just going to be a, Mo, a MOBA multiplayer game. Um, but now they've been talking about the campaign, it gets my interest a lot more. And uh, yeah, I'll post some videos of it on the site and some other stuff so people can have an idea of what, a little bit more of what it's like. All right, well, I will be looking forward to it. <laughs> So a lot of new TV and a lot of new, especially TV shows are coming out um, either last week, this week, next week. There's a lot of stuff coming out. Uh, what have you guys been watching on TV? I am again the wrong person to talk to about TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, the problem I have with most television shows is they take an interesting concept and they flesh it out in a season or two. And then that's when they need to stop. Yes. But because they want to keep making money off of the series, they start branching out and things like that. And that's when a lot of series get in trouble, in my opinion. Like Breaks, Burn Notice, breaks the integrity example. of the story in the universe, yeah. Yes, exactly. Burn Notice is the last like actual television show that I watched on TV. And after a couple of episodes, he found out what had happened, why he got burned as a spy and stuff like that. Well, that's the end of the show. I know you want to keep going and making episodes, guys, but you ended your show. You solved the problem. And so they added new characters and things like that. And, you know, I love Bruce Campbell, but he wasn't enough to keep me going back to the show after, after they resolved the core problem. And so I find that a lot of television like that, they either start out where they don't have a clear problem that they want to solve or they solve the problem, but because the show is popular, they keep making more things. And so eventually it becomes (coughs) unpopular because nobody is interested in it anymore. And that's when they finally stop. And that just ruins the show for me. Well, see, that's, the opposite part is why I never I really wanted to watch Lost um, I heard really good things about it but as soon as I heard that they had no idea what the answer was and they they were just making it up as they went along which means that continuity got like if once you find out what the truth is and you go back to the series it breaks continuity because they had no idea where it was going from the beginning that is a huge pet peeve for me continuity is so important Anyway, um, I see. I have a problem watching live TV just because I'm not very patient. Um, but I really <laughs> yeah, want to catch too. up on. I, I I was watching a lot of Flash and Arrow last season, but I didn't get to see all of Arrow because. Well, anyway, last year, season two released on Netflix the same day that season three started, and pretty much the same thing happened happened again this year, but I'm going to try to binge watch as much as much of season three of Arrow as I can, so I can actually start watching season four. Yeah. Yeah, those are, 
Arrow and Flash are just really well done. Um, the the show I was going to bring up was um, because I watch so much TV. I'm going to try to just highlight one or two shows whenever we talk about it. <laughs> um, but cause I seriously have like probably five to four shows a night. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, That's impressive. I honestly I can't sit through a single show on television anymore. I yeah, it just bothers me. Well, it helps that I DVR it because I don't have to sit through advertisements. So that helps a lot. Yes, what would take an hour goes forty minutes or or so, if even that. But um, but the shows I wanted to spotlight this week is. Uh, one that I just absolutely loved, and again, it's another CW show, which is just crazy. Because to me, I used to think CW was like a, a tween um, Twilight uh, group yeah. channel. What you was know, it like called Gossip Girl. Yeah, Gossip Girl was really popular on CW. There's um, yeah. there's a few that were really popular. Was uh, was that crap? I can't think of the one show. I think Veronica Mars was CW, but that was yeah. pretty good. Veronica Mars was pretty good though. Yeah. Yeah, I actually um, really like that once I got into it. There's a few others like uh, like Gossip Girls that were on the show, so you just imagine that's what all their show lineups are like. Um, but CW has some of my favorite shows on TV right now. And even though they've got the the, the superhero shows like Arrow and, um, and Flash and The Legends of Tomorrow that's coming out this fall or winter or whatever, um, they also have other like Supernatural and... Um, and then they have this show called iZombie that came out last year. Mm-hmm. And I love that show. And it's a different, it's a whole different take on the zombie genre. And uh, I just, I love it. I don't think I've watched an episode yet where you know, I was disappointed or let down. Um, and for being a freshman season, I think it got overshadowed because the flash was so good that nobody talked about iZombie. But if you watch TV, you like humor, you like. Um, zombie the zombie genre and stuff and a different twist on it you'll like i zombie it's really good and it's weird because the girl is attractive before she becomes a zombie but for some reason to me she's hot when she's a zombie <laughs> and uh i just thought that was weird i'm always like is this wrong that i think she's more attractive when she's supposed to be playing a dead girl <laughs> but um but it's a really good show highly recommend it uh and then the other one again i just want to say watch scream queen scream queens Love it. This episode this week was really good again, and they have had just strong episodes every week, um, even though it's been three weeks. But still, they had a two-hour premiere and then two episodes. But really good. I just I find myself laughing at it more than a, a lot of shows that are supposed to be funny. And uh, I just, yeah, I really like it. The product, production quality is really well done, and the acting is over the top in just the right ways. And, yeah, I just am really liking it. So those are my two recommendations. Fortunately, um, I mentioned the anime that I was watching that I really liked, uh, the Fate series, Fate Zero and Fate Stay Night. Um, but since I finished watching both of those now, I, I currently don't have anything to watch on Netflix except for Futurama. <laughs> yeah. Well, one that- thing I'm going to try, I've heard really good things about, um, what is it, Mr. Robot? Yes, and uh, all oh my the gosh. episodes appear available online, uh, even from last season, so I am going to try to just pick that one up. Yes, that I highly recommend that show. It's 
In movies, um, I don't know if you saw it. I think it just came out today, but uh, Ant-Man 2 was officially announced. That was going to be uh, yes. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yep. Um, which is making Marvel reshuffle their schedule a little bit. They're, they're moving some movies up, moving some movies back. It looks like that one's coming out in... Um, yeah. I thought I read something like uh, the article. I didn't read it, but the article tagline was... Um... That's something uh, like why Ant-Man and the Wasp can hurt Captain Marvel. Uh, well, the reason is because Captain Marvel was supposed to be the first Marvel Studios movie where a female character is in the title. Mm. And now with the Wasp in there, that's part of it. But it also is is rescheduling uh, Captain Marvel to March of 2019, oh. if I oh, remember it correctly. Off. Gotcha. Interesting. Um, so I don't know what effect that will have on production of the movie, um, but it looks like I don't know what the original release date was. The articles I've read don't mention it, but uh, uh, Ant Man and Wasp will hit theaters July sixth, twenty eighteen. Uh, Black Panther moves up to February twenty eighteen, and Captain Marvel is being pushed back to March twenty nineteen. That's quite a shove for that one. Plus, they have three new unannounced ones that they aren't talking about. Yes, for in 2020, there will be three new untitled movies. Crazy. Um, so on the I one hand, I have to is... say I'm a bit disappointed that I have to wait three years for an Ant Man sequel. Yeah, that was I've such already a been great movie. Five years for my Avatar sequel. I'm getting a bit impatient yeah. at this point. Well, the, the schedule is already so packed for Marvel movies that it's really hard to squeeze more yeah. in right now. Yeah, it's turning into, instead of two movies a year, it's going to start going to three, right? One in Three or four, yeah. One in spring, one in summer, wow. and one in fall. I'm, I'm totally fine with, like, a lot of people are complaining that we're getting too much, but... Me personally, I, I think of it like the comic books. Like, there's enough story there that if they keep, as long as they keep the quality up, yes, I'm exactly. fine. You know, I mean, it's like how can you how can you not like something if it's good? Like, there's there's no reason just because you get more cake doesn't mean the cake's bad. I mean, it's just <laughs> oh, mm. but uh, <laughs> well, they there is a point to be made about them oversaturating the market. You can eat your fill of yes. cake, even if it's good. I got married, and I had a lot of wedding cake. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, horrible, horrible memories of trying to finish off. A, I, I don't like to waste food. And I ended up just, like, giving it away to my coworkers. It was just... <laughs> it didn't help that our wedding cake was bad anyway. I mean, it looked fine, but in terms of... It was bad cake. It was not good cake. Oh, that's <laughs> sad. I don't know. But, I just... Uh... I think every three months is a good schedule, but uh, that's me. I just, I love their movies, so. Well, and don't get me wrong, I love a lot of their movies too, but my concern is, uh, you know, with Age of Ultron in particular, um, you know, it seems like they're trying to bite off a bit more than they can chew, and I I know that a lot of people have raised the concern about the uh, Captain America Civil War. It's just going to be too much stuff for one movie. Yeah, and I do agree Ultron suffered from that, having just too much, too many people, too many, you know, too many things there. And I do agree that I think that's why 
uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and why um, Ant-Man are so good because they can focus more. And, and Guardians of the Galaxy as and, well. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. They only had, what was it, four or five? It was four of them. Four? Well, five counting Groot, of course. Yeah, which doesn't, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, yeah, and yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy is really good too. Um, I, I think, I do agree, I think that, but the problem with the event, that's just an inherent problem with it, because it's like doing a Justice League movie, you just have so many people, if you were to concentrate on all the people on that team in the movie, you're going to have way too many, you know, way too many stories to tell. Yeah. So they kind of have to decide, like, do we want to tell, have a character for a movie, or have the this Avengers movie focus on these Avengers, and then the other ones just support that, but... There's okay. definitely ways they could focus that better. Well, it's not just Marvel making movies. DC is trying to, you know, get more legitimate as well. They're pumping movies out. But uh, it looks like for 2016, um, we have Captain America Civil War in May, Doctor Strange in November. 2017 oh, so has Guardians 2 in May, Thor in November. So 2018, what, this was the original schedule. 2018 in May has Avengers Part 1. Infinity War Part 1, Black Panther in, in May, in July is Black Panther, in November was supposed to be Captain Marvel. So Captain Marvel's pushed back from November 2018 to March 2019. So that will... Captain Marvel's being released by replaced by Ant-Man 2. So there'll be three movies in 2018. 2019, then, there'll be Captain Marvel in March... Um, <clears throat> Avengers Infinity War Part 2 in May Inhumans in July so basically in the first half of the year there are three Marvel movies Damn. in 2019 I I can't say that I don't want to see any of those I do, I want to see Black Panther I want to yeah. see Doctor Strange <laughs> but I'm I'm worried I mean Ant-Man was again a surprise hit but they can't keep now that ant-man is out of the box you can't have a surprise hit like ant-man anymore you know i don't know i think doctor strange could be the thing because i think a lot of people are kind of wondering how they can do that plus it's the first you know like mystical well i guess thor would actually probably count more like the mystical setting but yeah cosmic yeah yeah Uh, but uh, doctor strange not just that but doctor strange it's a benedict cumberbatch who is a talented actor on one side and he's very very popular among the geek crowd on the other side Mm. and so that's gonna get a i mean it's gonna be a popular movie even if it's bad it's gonna be a popular movie i yeah i'm really excited for that one rachel mcadams right is the female lead i believe so but i haven't looked too closely at it yeah rachel mcadams i but, you know, I'm not ashamed to admit that I've watched The Notebook several times, oh, usually dude. with yeah. my wife, sometimes with my mom, <laughs> but still, holy cow, <laughs> Rachel McAdams. Yeah, yep. she was really good in True Detective this last season. Um, yeah, Black Panther, though, if there's one that, on that list that I'd be most worried about, it'd probably be Black Panther. I, yeah, it as looks far as like... making a movie. Yeah, it is Rachel McAdams and Chiwetel Ejiofor. I probably mangled his name. Um, I believe he was in Red Belt. He was also the hunter on Serenity. Yeah, he's really good. I'm, I actually yeah, think he'll so, do a good job. 
Yeah, Doctor is, Strange cast is looking really, really good. The outfit for um, uh, you were talking about he was Black Panther, right? No, he's on Doctor Strange. I haven't oh, looked okay. up uh, Black Panther yet. Okay, yeah, okay, gotcha. I was gonna say one of my concerns. So it's totally not related to what you said, <laughs> but one of my concerns <laughs> well, we about, Black... about Black Panther. So you're good. Yeah. Oh, one of my concerns about Black Panther, from the photos I've seen, sometimes the photos just don't do justice to the final movie, and I don't know what how they do it sometimes. It's crazy. But but the outfit that the dude is wearing, he does not look like he fills the outfit like a superhero would fill in the outfit. And especially Black Panther, because he's you know, just an agile, like ripped dude. And most of the time, his outfits are you know skin tight. But in his outfit, in the photos I saw at least, like it was loose on him, and like... Uh, it looked like he wasn't very big or built. And so it could be because it was like a certain scene they're shooting and he was just there and the stuntman was doing all the, you know, the quote unquote sexy work. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it did not look, he just did not look like very superhero-ish. So I'm really curious um, how how that will turn well, out. Well, on the one hand, I'm not sure how much that matters because comic books are notorious for body image stuff. Right. And realistically, the only way they could have any female superheroines is if they had porn stars <laughs> play them. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not really what I... Hansen. Well, like, look at um, Captain America. Chris Evans is a perfect example for Captain America. Like, he... When he wears that uniform, it... It, uh... It looks it, good. Yeah, he it looks good. It fits... Yeah, correct. it fits yeah. his body really well. <laughs> and I sound really gay right now, but I'm not, I promise. But, uh... <laughs> But it does look really good on his body. And then same with um, uh, Superman, Henry Cavill. His his suit fits really well. Batman always looks good. So that's why what that's where my concern is coming from is it looks like he's like Spider-Man trying to fill, you know, like the build of Spider-Man filling in a suit that was made for somebody much bigger. But again, mm-hmm. it was like a on-set photo. So you just don't know what's going on there, so... It couldn't even be. It might not even be the final, the final suit. They could have just been doing other stuff. But well, he is going to be in the um, Civil War movie. So yeah, that's where I saw the set photos. The actual Black Panther movie isn't coming out for three more years. So, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it'll be at least half decent. Yeah, I uh, I am interested because one of my favorite animated movies is the Black Panther one for the Marvel animated movies. So. Same with Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is one of my favorite animated movies. So, I am very excited. I think that I think the more they expand that universe, and I like the idea of of what they're doing with Netflix and TV and like you know film having as long as they have it all connect, which so far they have. Like even the Daredevil, they talk about events from the movies and stuff like that. So, I think that uh, got a good thing going there. Hoping they give Star Wars the same treatment because they're working on a live-action TV show right now for Star Wars. So, well, we'll see where I that goes. Been nothing but disappointed with anything outside of the core three with Star Wars. You know, all of the TV shows. I I absolutely cannot stand the Clone Wars TV series. Are you serious? You didn't like the Clone Wars? It. Hated everything, every single thing about it. How many seasons did you get to? I didn't get to any of them. I watched like one or two episodes and I'm like, this writing is oh, horrible. You dude. know, these plots make no sense. Um, I, I don't know if you know this. More than two Sith. Um, 
I don't know. Like I don't know if you know this, but the Clone Wars won, I think, three years in a row. It won Emmys, but I think it was for season two and three, or maybe it's two Emmys. Season two and three. Uh, pretty sure won Emmys, but it does. Like the first season, I almost gave up on it in the first season because I agree it was really iffy. But then I don't know what they did if they changed the showrunner, the director, whatever they do behind the scenes. But dude, the second season and third season are amazing for the Clone Wars. I can't remember if that was a four or five season series. It's been a while now. And it is canon. It is. And dude, it really and does it get good. Be. And I there are certain things that people say are canon, I still refuse to accept them, I'm sorry. <laughs> But, dude, the Star Wars Rebels is the same thing. It starts out a little bit slow, but by the end of the season, man, I was, like, wanting more. And then they did the Star Wars Rebels movie that was on TV a couple months ago to lead up to the new season start next week. And, uh, oh, my gosh, one of the best portrayals of Darth Vader I've ever seen. Like, it was just amazing. It was scary. Like, if I was a kid, I probably would have been scared for the parts where they had Darth Vader, especially one of the parts. Just amazing, right, dude. You'll have to explain this to me, how does this show fit into any part Star where Wars, Darth Vader is still alive? Star Wars Rebels takes place between um, uh, episode oh, three. Is it the one between episode three and episode four. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So it takes place between episode three and four, and it's just this. It's how the Rebel Alliance gets created, um, or not created. Uh, it's how the Rebel Alliance comes to become the Rebel Alliance, and who starts it and runs it. And there's um, a rogue rogue Jedi and a Force sensitive kid who he finds. It's the main characters, and then they're you know their crew. But uh, mm. yeah, see, already it sounds like something that I couldn't get into because I don't buy the premise. I it, know, uh, I'm sure there are rogue Jedi's, but yeah, I you know how much influence can they really have if if they were really that impactful in forming the rebel alliance then we would certainly have more information about them and and they wouldn't be saying han solo wouldn't be calling the jedi order a hokey old religion i you know well that's the thing is uh so far in the story there's only been uh two jedi found um and i'm i'm pretty sure they created uh uh, one of the other Jedi, I'm not going to spoil because it's a huge spoiler if you watch Clone Wars, but one of the other Jedi, I'm pretty sure, was created purely for cartoon shows. So so there is stuff in there that the that the original movies, they had no clue was going to be there. So, Well, and even with Darth Vader right in front of people, people were telling Darth Vader to his face that... Uh, the Force you know, was some yeah. hokey thing. But that's because there were only two Sith. A master and an apprentice, and he was the apprentice. So I can understand that. Yeah, they but the Jedi no were treated. Were the Jedi treated like a some sort of like uh, like some bygone, you know, uh, almost like a bygone religion, almost. Yeah. At that point, I like, certainly think that the Emperor would have pushed for that because he didn't want people to rally around the Jedi cause again. Right. He probably tried to paint them as, you know, the villains of the story. And a they lot tried of that, to overthrow the Rebe- the Republic. You know? Right. And a lot of that a lot of that from what we hear in those movies is from that perspective. So who knows, 
what the truth is, and who knows how many Jedi were out there at that time. Because, you know, the victor writes the story. But a Jedi had anything to do with the founding of the Rebellion, he probably would have been looking for other Jedi, you know. And why wouldn't he have recognized Luke as a Jedi, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) This is why I don't watch TV, because they they have to take it in their own directions, and you, you just can't break canon as often as they do. And it bugs me. I'm sorry. I know. They're good. I think I think people who like Star Wars would, would enjoy them if they can get over the fact that it is a kid's show. There's obviously the those um, issues with it. But, but it is also very entertaining even as an adult. Especially since Star Wars just doesn't have that much out there right now, so um, getting whatever you can. Yeah, with nice. the universe getting completely wiped. Yep. Yeah, well, and see, that's a problem that I have with the uh, the new movie coming out. I'm really excited for it, but it doesn't seem fair to all of those people who they let establish canon, and now they're going to go erase it. I, yeah. Well, they just did the same thing to Star Trek as well, you know, that that universe is gone. We blew up Vulcan, and now everything's different. It's just a different timeline. I'm not, but I don't I'm think not. they're doing that with Star Wars, though. I just, just I guess, flat out erasing it. They're not even giving us a flimsy pretext. It's a clean slate. Yeah. It's a clean slate, basically. Personally, lore stuff doesn't bother me as much when they do resets and stuff like that because you still have those stories out there. You still read them. You still got entertained by them. Now they're doing, you know, a, a clean slate like what Dave said. And I'm fine with it as long as it's good. I'm fine with it. As long as I'm entertained, I'm fine with it. They could do whatever, you know, they want, but uh, but it just has to be good. That's my only concern. So I I guess I'm not as bugged about the lore stuff, but I also didn't spend all the time reading all the books and comics and all that either, so. But now you can with all the new ones. <laughs> oh, dude, it looks like somebody made a Star Wars conversion for... Uh, Elder Scrolls Skyrim. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Oh my. No, I just, minds. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I just can say, I just wish, because Battlefront isn't going to have a deep story or anything, it's just multiplayer. I, and I, we do still have Knights of the Old Republic, and I wonder if maybe EA is treating that as their Star Wars story game, but um, I just, I want an a good Star Wars story game. Um, you know, well, it's been a while since we've had one. A lot of writers are going back to Star Wars and they've been uh, Star Wars The Old Republic and they've been committing more resources to it. So yeah. that might be where the story is. <laughs> and that new expansion is supposed to be just as, you know, uh, in-depth as the original story. Well, and I think there's supposed <laughs> to be, I want to say like a nine-part story with that that just releases periodically. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's uh it's gonna be big. Yeah, it's just too much. But yeah, right now that's the only place to go. I tried playing the Unleashed two just because I was in the mood for a Star Wars story, and it just I couldn't. <laughs> it's not enough. I would love to see him do like a uh, Republic Commando again because four player co op Republic Commando just 
I think that would just be amazing. Well, I think it goes back to what you were saying before at the very beginning, Dan. What they need to do is they need to make sure that the game is enjoyable as a standalone and Mm. then add on the Star Wars franchise to it. I think that's the biggest key to success because there have been some terrible Star Wars games, I won't lie. Yep, it's been a while since we've got a... Man, I'm trying to think. I think the last one, Unleashed, Star Wars Unleashed, got pretty decent reviews and was received pretty good. Um, the gameplay looked pretty rough, especially when you were in some of those boss battles that looked yeah. entirely unpleasant. Yeah, the boss battles were the weakest part of the Unleashed games, of the first one. The second one just got railed altogether. But, but other than that, I think the Knights of the Old Republic were the last critically acclaimed Star Wars games in quite a while. Not counting Old Republic, because Old Republic came out and it got reviewed pretty well. It just didn't do do well um, when it first came out. It's doing really good now. but Well, yeah. unfortunately, I mean, I, I played both of them, and I was just sad with where they left the second Knights of the Old Republic. The ending was mm-hmm. really, really lacking compared to the amazing endings, multiple endings that you could get in the first one. And the yeah. second one, it didn't matter which side of the force you were on, and it was basically just a cutscene of you escaping the planet before it blew Yeah, up. and I think Obsidian has really, really gotten better at building their games. Um, I think that was one of their first ones outside of um, making remakes for other, other companies. Um, making remakes or making expansions. Um, and... Uh, yeah, you can tell they're still learning how to do what they do, but man, they've really, really gotten better. So, yeah, I would not go sitting for that. I, but yeah, definitely, it didn't have the same power that Knights of the Old Republic one had. Yeah, Knights of the Old Republic is for me the standout Star Wars video. Oh game. my gosh, it, just... it was amazing, and HK forty seven, holy cow! Yeah, <laughs> oh man. Dude, I just remember, I, st- I still remember playing the, when Knights of the Republic came out. Um, I had a friend, we were both anticipating, so he came over after one of his classes and he watched me start from the character creation and stuff, and it was just awesome and epic. But I remember playing it, it came out on Tuesday or Wednesday, I can't remember which at that time, how they did it, but um, I remember I'm getting the next day off of work after it came out, or maybe it was two days, so something like that. But anyway, once I got that day off of work, um, I played it, and during the middle of that day, the huge twist was revealed about what was going on with with Revan and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I ended up playing nonstop until Sunday, and um, <laughs> nice. to beat the game because that twist pulled me in so much that I wanted to find out what the heck was going on. And I just, I've it's very rare has a game done that to me, very rare, but. Oh, I just love that game. So two days, I think it was two days straight of playing that game. No sleep, nothing, just playing. Boom, boom, boom. And yeah, loved it. Oh, and that game was such an amazing game because not only was the story good, but it wasn't just one story. Um, You know, as you played through with different companions, Mm -hmm. you'd get different bits of the story. And depending on which companions you had at the time, they could interact with each other. And whether you went light side or dark side or did this or that, just, oh, that was 
I spent so much time trying to piece together the entire, as much of the story as I could Uh in that game, playing it through over and over and over again. Which, looking back now, like that was at that time, that wasn't a staple for Bioware. I think Knights of the Republic kind of opened that up to become like the way they do their games. But yeah, at that time, you know, that wasn't their thing. Now it is. And it was just being the first time experiencing that and seeing how many different things you could do and different endings and all of that just, yeah, just blew people away. Just for the record, if HK-47 made a cameo in the new Star Wars movie, (laughs) I might forgive George Lucas for Jar Jar Binks. Maybe there's a slim possibility... That's how cool HK-47 yeah. is. Man, how old would he have to be if he made an appearance in the new new well, storyline? I think that was supposed to be about 3,000 3, years. 3,000 years? Well, I thought years. it was 10,000. Was it 3,000? I'll, I'll look it up, uh, but I think it was supposed to be 3,000. But uh, obviously he could be rebuilt, but uh, let's just say bad things happened to him in uh, <laughs> Star Wars The Old Republic. Yeah. Uh that's one thing about Star Wars that's funny, and a lot of a lot of uh, universes have the same problem. Is if you look at human advancement in the last three thousand years, how far we've come, then in Star Wars, how much advancement they've had in the last three thousand years, it's almost like they went backwards. Because <laughs> you look at the wow. tech from you look at the tech during Old Republic, and then look at the tech during A New Hope, it's almost similar. Well, see, now this is, again, this is an interesting point that you bring up, Dan, because in, uh, you know, once the Emperor takes over, he does sort of kind of usher in a bit of a dark age. You know, he's got an iron fist, and he focuses all of his energy on building the Death Star weapon, and... You know, I'm sure that any of that other technology and stuff like that kind of falls by the wayside and things that he deems unimportant. I'm sure mm-hmm. he has them outlawed or whatever, you know. So I think that's that has a lot to do with it. And it's just a shining example of how a single evil person can ruin an entire civilization. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so... Uh, the story in Knights of the Old Republic takes place 4,000 years before the rise of the Galactic Empire, um, but a bunch of stuff happens between then and um, Knights of the Old Republic. And so KOTOR, yeah, is 4,000 years before the Galactic Empire. Dang. So that's a 4,000-year-old droid if he makes an appearance. <laughs> that would still be okay with me. That's a retcon I can live with. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> he was a very ro- well-written character, and for being a freaking robot, I mean, come on. The thought. Yeah. So. Yeah, Bioware. Bioware is uh, play. I, I don't think I've not played any of their games. I think I've played every single one of their games, and. They get better, I think. There's gameplay mechanics that they that they get railed on from you know the community or journalism, but I honestly haven't had a lot of those issues with them. But they just are on a whole other level for their storytelling and character development and all of that from anybody else. Like honestly, the only people that could compare would probably be 
Um, and I just lost them. Weird. Oh, uh, Bethesda. Bethesda would would be pretty dang close, but they don't even really develop their story and characters like Bioware does. It's just that their RPGs are very immersive, more so mm-hmm. because of the world that they create, not the characters. But uh, Witcher developers, um, CD Projekt, they are freaking amazing with their storytelling too. But I have yeah. heard lots of good things about The Witcher. I haven't had a chance to play any games though. Yeah. But yes. Yeah, so if if it's true that by well, actually, we know it's true. Bioware is working on a Star Wars game right now. I'm really interested to see what they're doing. And then I think we talked about this last time, but the uh, original creator of an or writer for Uncharted and the uh, Jade Raymond who helped create Assassin's Creed is working on a Uncharted type Star Wars setting game. So that should be interesting. And I think it was Visceral today just announced they're hiring more people for a new Star Wars project. Yep, Visceral's working on a Star Wars project. So we are going to start getting getting the story content that we're looking for for Star Wars. <clears throat> Not to say that it's going to be good, but we are going to start getting them. But I am very interested in, in their projects, though. I'm so excited. I just Star Wars is like one of those universes. It's like it's like with what we were talking about with Marvel movies. I don't know if I could ever get tired of Star Wars stuff. I just, I love it. Such a great universe. Well, you say that. Maybe we should watch Ewoks Battle for Endor. Dude, I've already watched that a hundred times. hundred times. I can quote every line. Just give me one. Uh, I'd rather I had a conversation with Dave similar to this, where uh, I was defending the Masters of the Universe movie. Yeah, we were talking about that. Remake, and right. I, I, he insists that it's not good, and I keep telling him that it is a good movie. <laughs> but he just won't listen to reason. Masters of the Universe is a terrible movie. I'm sorry, yeah. it's absolutely terrible. It's it's one of those uh, good because it's bad. <laughs> no, it's not even good because it's bad. It's just bad. It's just bad. Yeah, that it's, was... it's just bad. I just hope the new the new He Man film does takes it a little more serious. Yeah, as long as there's like a battle cat and an orco, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> and no Dolph Lundgren. No yeah. Dolph Lundgren, Battlecat, and Orko. Man, I'm, I'm trying to think. I wonder who could even play He-Man these days. Like, can't get The Rock. He's, you know, there's no way he could pull off a He-Man. Oh, I'm um, so sick of The Rock's movies. I haven't. He, ugh. Yuck. <laughs> it's so amazing how different our tastes are. I actually really like The Rock. I think he's a fun actor in his movies and... Usually his movies are pretty entertaining, even if they aren't that great. No. The the last movie I saw in him that I actually liked um, was where he was playing some supporting character. Not the Fast and the Furious movies. Didn't like him in those. Um, the Rundown? The Rundown was okay. That was okay. Um, um, I'm trying to think. Escape from Witch Mountain, that was horrible. Yeah, that was uh, The Tooth bad. Fairy, oh my word. I... I saw. I didn't even watch that one. I can't believe that Billy Crystal was in that movie. It was so bad. I didn't watch it either. But I, the previews alone are speak volumes. Oh, well, there for a while, actually, The Rock went through a pretty rough because uh, he quit wrestling to act to focus on his acting career. 
Mm-hmm. And because he was supposedly going to be the next Arnold Schwarzenegger, because it was when Arnold Schwarzenegger started doing his um, his the political stuff, for, yeah, uh, the mayor and stuff, yeah, and so or, no, the governor. So the Rock was supposed to kind of take over that mantle, but he his first three movies after taking over the mantle, quote unquote, uh, were just failures. And so he decided to stop focusing on acting and go back to wrestling. And but then the movies that he did after that started picking up and. Yeah, he got back into acting, but but there was a, a time there where his movies just yeah they weren't they weren't that great all I around. Mean, he was passable in the Scorpion King, the first one. That's probably the only movie off the top of my head that I can think of that I actually didn't mind watching him in. Um, but yeah, I wish I could think of the movie. He was he was a supporting actor in it. And he did a good job. <laughs> but I can't think of what it was called. I'm sorry. This has to be a joke. So I'm, I'm trying to find He-Man. I can't find any credible information on He-Man other than the fact that someone claims that they think Channing Tatum would be the next <laughs> He-Man. But anyway, so <laughs> if you... Uh, people who know me in movies know that Magnificent Seven is one of my absolutely favorite movies of all time. And even more so, I like The Seven Samurai that Magnificent Seven was based on. Mm. Um, so there's a fairly recent Magnificent Seven was a TV series, miniseries, I'm not sh- not even sure. But uh, apparently next year there's going to be a Magnificent Seven movie. Have you guys heard about this at all? No. Mm-mm. Chris Pratt, Matt Bomer, who was, um, oh, that... White Collar. Yeah, White Collar, Denzel Washington, Vincent D'Onofrio, Ethan Hawke, and the list goes on. That's a really good cast right there. How have we not heard about this? Huh. Yeah, that'd be sweet. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Yes, yes. I, I am like... That's supposed to be next year? Yeah, they're supposed to be this 2016, yeah. Thanks, so they're probably uh, start filming September. here soon. <laughs> oh, so they'll probably yeah, start filming around February or March. Well, actually, yeah. no, if it's September. Yeah. Uh, Wow, they should be already start filming. By now. Gotta be close to it. Because usually yeah. they like to have six months for editing and all that crap. So I, I, I am almost giddy with excitement for this and hoping that it's not absolutely terrible. Who's the director? That's a big part of it. And I have no idea how to pronounce it. I've never heard of it before. Antoine Fuqua or something like that. Fuqua. Fuqua? Does that look like? I don't know. Um, F-U-K. F-U-Q-U-A. Oh, F-U-Q-U-A. Um, he did Shooter, The Equalizer, Olympus Has Fallen. Yeah. Uh, so there's chances. He's he's mixed then. I've heard the name before, but yeah, those movies are definitely a mix. Nothing bag. that looks particularly good. Yeah. That, that I'm familiar with, at least. Um, yeah. So it could be, yeah, it could be a toss-up. That new Western that, uh... Um, Quentin Tarantino was doing looks pretty sweet. The Hateful Eight. But yeah, I can't find anything for the new uh, He-Man other than some rumor that it might be Channing Tatum. 
Tim yeah, Channing. That'd I be am, terrible. He'd be a terrible He-Man. I, I, I always forget which name is first. It, but I agree, his acting chops are not up to the task of He-Man. Yeah, I always have a hard time remembering which is his first name, which is his last name. And I'm not <laughs> sure if it really matters. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Channing Tatum. And I just can't picture anybody right now acting that has the build to be He-Man. Unless they go more for a realistic build, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Chris Evans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, the guy who plays Thor would be a really good He-Man. Yeah, he's doing the new uh, Ghostbusters remake, though, isn't he, Chris Hemsworth? Uh, he's a uh, secretary for the female one. Yeah. So he's like the male Janine. Yep, he's like the male Janine. Nice. All right, so going back to Dwayne Johnson, I looked up his uh, his uh, filmography on uh, Wikipedia. The movie that I was thinking of was a movie called Pain and Gain. It was him and Mark oh, Wahlberg yeah. and somebody else that I can't remember. He did okay in that one. He was like that movie. It was a supporting role. It, yeah, it was an interesting movie to say the least because it was, it was based Michael. on a true story. And it was Michael Bay, and sometimes I think Michael Bay does better with comedy than he does with drama or action. You know, action drama, action comedy. I think he does better with. Yeah, as I, long as there aren't robots involved. I, I yeah. didn't like any of the Transformer movies again. I just am not a a fan of that series, unfortunately. But yeah, he'll be doing them for another ten years. They just yeah, announced the last <laughs> one because I actually enjoyed Transformers one and two. Three, I felt like it was starting to get pretty shaky. But dude, the last one was just terrible, terrible. <laughs> I could. Oh, I really liked the first one. The second one had pieces, but like some of the humor was just like, really, they went there. Yeah. Really. I yeah. The first one was passable as a movie. I wouldn't say that I enjoyed it, but I could at least stand watching it. The second one was a disaster. It was, it was better and than I'm Masters of the Leonard Universe. Nimoy... No. Wrong. <laughs> Transformers 1 was better than Masters of the Universe. Okay, yes. Transformers 1, yes. I will give you that one. Transformers 2, I thought, is what you were talking about. No. <laughs> There's no way... Ever that I would say that Transformers 2 or 3 or 4 are better than Masters of the Universe. <laughs> but Transformers 1, yes, I think that was a better movie than Masters of the Universe. You're right. I'm really surprised that Michael Bay is willing to do it for another 10 years. Crazy. They must pay. pay pretty good. You can just tell, like, you can tell in 4 that nobody wanted to be there that was there. I mean, either the director just didn't care, or the actors and actresses didn't care. I mean, it was just a really bad movie. He's just the A-list U-bowl. He is. <laughs> um, but he genuinely, like, I really like the Bad Boy movies. He's done the Bad Boy movies. Pain and Gain, I really liked Pain and Gain. Um, there's another comedy, action comedy that he did that was fairly dark comedy, and I really like that one. I can't think of the name of it right now. But so he does. I mean, he does have his moments. But dude, I loved Con Con Air and uh, freaking um, The Rock. Back Con in the Air day. and The Rock, both amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and he did those. I mean, 
So he definitely has he has the ability to do really really good stuff. It's just I think when he gets our childhood hopes and dreams and memories in his hands, then it just goes bad. Yeah. Yep. Or at this point, he's just doing it for the money, and obviously, if you're doing that, then you kind of lose the passion that definitely. makes things special. We'll see. Maybe by the time Star Wars 15 hits, we'll go. I yeah. Or not Star Wars. Uh, Transformers near Star Wars. Yeah, I meant Transformers, (laughs) not Star Wars. (laughs) Oh, didn't you hear that announcement? He signed on for episode ten. He's episode ten. How many now? How many is J.J. Abrams doing? Because is it Uh, just one or eight? I believe. Okay, so he is doing. Not a nice joke to play on people. (laughs) (laughs) Michael Bay. I'm pretty sure that's offensive to say that Michael Bay would have anything to do with the Star Wars movies, you guys. They're they're actually they're doing really well. They're picking some good uh, good directors for their spinoff films, and you know uh, I think they announced who Episode Nine was going to be just recently. So I th- I think that they're they're doing some they're making some good decisions there. But if anybody is, I mean, dude, Disney. Disney has the, they definitely are, if there's anybody that's going to do justice for um, Star Wars and Marvel, Disney's the ones that, that are going to be able to do it. So Yeah, Ep, uh, the guy who directed Jurassic World will be Star Wars Episode Nine. was actually, yeah. he has me a little worried. Yeah, but what yeah. else has he done? Because if I remember right, he he's done some stuff that actually is pretty good, but. I mean, Jurassic World was right. awful. But I think the problem that Jurassic World had is that you try and hold it up to the first one, and yes, it it crumbles compared to the original Jurassic Park. Yeah. But on, yeah. As, on its own, I don't think the Jurassic World was that bad of a movie. Well, if you were, I mean, and if you remember, the thing, for me at least, and when I watched it, I was, you know, way younger, but watching the first Jurassic Park, I was, um, like... It was kind of like a horror action film for me. Like, oh yeah, it was scary. That's how. Yeah, it was scary. It had its moments where it was just tense and scary. And the Jurassic World, it, there was no horror. There was not even a touch of horror anywhere. It was just yeah. pure action and yeah. glamour, you know. So, so I think that was part of it. Is that um, they just he didn't go that direction with it. Hey, the, the director has done Home Base, which was a short reality show, which was a documentary. Gary Under Crisis, which was a TV movie. Safety Not Guaranteed, and Jurassic that World. Was an excellent Wait. movie. Safety Not Guaranteed. Holy cow! If you have not seen that movie, you need to watch it. It is great. Uh, but that's oh. his entire career as a director. Uh, that one movie alone. I think so many different. Will make me recommend him. Really, safe, safe. Yes. I think that's on my list on Netflix. Recognize it the name. It is stupendous. It t- instantly turned me into an Aubrey Plaza fan. I had not even seen or heard of Parks and Recreation at the time that I had watched that movie. Mm. That's one of the reasons I started watching Parks and Recreation because she did such a good job in that movie. Nice. It's just very down to earth, and it has just that little tiny bit of fantasy in it. And it's it's excellent. Nice. So yes, if you want to know what I think is an excellent movie, watch Safety Not Guaranteed, and that's a pretty good a pretty good sample. 
there aren't any giant robots in it, unfortunately. <laughs> or dinosaurs. Or lightsabers. Or, <laughs> or lightsabers. <laughs> no, there are not. <laughs> well, anyway, um, are there any other um, movies we've seen lately or upcoming that we wanted to hit on? Now that it's one forty-six in the morning? I did not get to go see The Martian this week because they were sold out. I still out. want to see it, too. No. So I have not been to any movies for... Next week, I plan on trying to go. I would like to watch The Martian for next week. We'll have to see what my Tuesday looks like. But Yeah, let me know if you want to go. Uh, I think we're going to try to hit up the East Park one because they, they're all that new like recliner seating. Really? Yeah, it's all redone at East Park. It is nice. But yeah, every theater there has the new leather recliner, and then um, they have two of the ultra screens. Wow. Very nice. Yep. Yeah. Only one of them uses the Atmos surround sound, but but it's still all digital everywhere else. But yeah, it's just a really nice theater. I, when I went back, because Kermosta uh, told me about it, and I was like, what? East Park? Because East Park used to just be dumpy. It was. It was the <laughs> yeah. dump of movie theaters. Yeah. And so I, I've never, I haven't been there in 10 years, probably. Yeah, Spider-Man 2 was the last movie I went to there. I think it was Spider-Man 2. Maybe it was Spider-Man. I can't remember which, but but yeah, that was the last movie I went to there, and so yeah, I hadn't been since, and then we went to go see uh, I want to say it was um, one of the Marvel movies. I can't remember which one, but yeah, just really nice. Well, I will have to check it out. If I get to go see The Martian on, on Tuesday, that's probably what we'll try and go then. <laughs> Good to know. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. Well, on behalf of the Agents of Game, I want to thank you for joining us, and we will be back with you next week. If you have any comments or questions or anything you'd like us to talk about, please let us know. Um, send us a message on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash agentsofgame, or via our website, or send us an email. And I guess all I have to say is game over.